All right. Welcome back to another episode of Sky U Pod brought to you by Big Banner. Audience, it's been a minute. Not going to lie. Um, life hit us right in the groin, but we're doing good. Shuddy's a dad. I think I mentioned that. I think it's Shuddy's first time back on since being a dad, though. So another member of Sky U Pod will be contributing his thoughts very soon. Um, I went to Mexico. Honeymoon it was good. Uh, Max, what'd you do? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. So we were all really busy. and um, But now we're here. Michigan won the national championship. Just kind of kind of quickly recap everything that happened. Gophers won the bowl game. Very sorry we were late on that. Listen, folks, it was great to see us play again. It was Bowling Green. Cut us some slack. Um, we wanted to get a show out. I, I said we would on the last episode we put out. Sorry. Um, but we did pretty much, I think, what everyone thought we were going to do, which was run Darius Taylor a lot. Um it worked. We avenged the loss to Bowling Green from a couple years ago. That's something PJ can put behind him now and rest easy. Um, and then, fellas, we made some important hires. We have two new coordinators. You know, you got offense, special teams, defense. Two out of three brand new hires. We'll start with the big one. The defensive coordinator was the linebackers coach at Rutgers, and we hired him, Corey Heatherman, or Heatherman, we're not exactly sure. I haven't heard anyone talk about him over here yet, so I don't know the pronunciation, but we'll go with, I like Heatherman, probably Heatherman. But anyway, uh, you know, similar to Rossi style, I believe he's from the 425 style. He's got uh, defensive coordinator experience at the FCS level, was also, I think, I think he also spent some time at James Madison, correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, no, I, this is all I really have to say, and I'll let you guys talk about it, because I don't know much about him other than what other people have said. Um, this is from Alec uh, Kruthamel. Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, Alec. He's our buddy over at What's Choppin', uh, Rutgers podcast here that you can find through Big Banner. Um, when the news broke that we hired Corey, uh, he said this massive loss for Rutgers. The work Heatherman did in just two seasons to rebuild a linebacker room that was a major weakness into the into three top contributors in the Big Ten cannot be overstated. So to me, that gets me excited because I love Joe Rossi, and this might sound like a bitter point now that he's left, but I always felt like under him, our linebacking core was for the most part the weak link on the defense, if you had to point to one. Not that they were always bad, but this past year in particular, um, and just more of the recruiting misses that this staff has had have been at the linebacker core. So if this guy has shown already uh, maybe a track record of turning that around at schools he's been at, I think that's a chance at improvement that maybe we could see. I'm not saying, you know, I don't know if he'll be better than Joe Rossi. That's a tall task overall, I feel. But um, that <clears throat> is something I think Gopher fans can be excited about, especially just you know, more than anything, we've we've covered in previous episodes the recruiting misses we've had with you know either like guys like Braylon Oliver uh, transferring out, and then um, you know won't name names, but guys we brought in not really panning out into who we thought they would be, um, or just guys that took a long time to kind of get up to speed. Um, you know, Marsor Marin, really good linebacker by the time his final year happened, but like took him a while, so maybe. This new coach can get them up to speed a little bit quicker than what we've seen. But, you know, time will tell. Um, Spencer, thoughts on the new defensive coordinator hire? I think it's a great hire, Kurt. Um, you know, kind of looking at what he's been through throughout his career. He was at James Madison, like you said, from 2019 to 2021. And they were elite defenses. Um, 
each of the year, each of those years that he was there. They were top 10 nationally in defense, rushing defense and scoring defense in all three seasons. He was also at Maine, it looks like, and uh, he was there um, for three years as well. 17th ranked uh, nationally in total defense, first in rushing defense, and 30th in scoring defense. So it seems like this guy can really stop the run, which we know in the Big Ten is a pretty big deal. Though now that it's kind of changing a little bit this upcoming season, we'll definitely need to see a little bit more from the passing defense. Um, but as we'll touch on in a little bit, I, in a little bit, I think that our secondary will have a lot of guys that are going to be able to hopefully step up. But it looks like a great hire. It's going to be his opportunity to really be an FBS in the Big Ten, really show what he can do. Um, but like you said, our our partner over at Rutgers is saying that it's a big loss for him, but Maybe it's a great hire for us. So I'm looking forward to see what he can do. Yeah, it definitely seems like at every level, you know, he's had success and he's had success quickly coming into some programs that weren't necessarily the most successful, even at the FCS level and kind of turning around quickly. Um, and then, like you said, Kurt, when he was at Rutgers, it was one of the most inexperienced linebacker groups. And you just saw last year, they're one of the better uh, teams against the run, even in the Big Ten. So that's a positive. Um, I know not being necessarily the defensive coordinator at Rutgers, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what his defensive play calling style is since we probably didn't see much of that um, in the recent yeah. history. But since he has the you know the background as a D coordinator, even if it's at the FCS level, um, that's still high level football. And he obviously knows his stuff and PJ is going to trust him. And I think, you know, coming from a linebacker position coach probably makes the most sense to transition into the defensive coordinator, too. It's kind of like a QB coach or, a you know, kind of a offensive analyst coming into that offensive coordinator type role. So. I'm not too worried about the transition from him in terms of role. Um, he's kind of risen through the ranks pretty quickly, which I feel like yeah. speaks pretty highly of of his success. And hopefully he stays for a long time and can continue what, uh, what Joe Rossi had going. Yeah. Um, I guess that would be the drawback if there was any, uh, just that he wasn't necessarily calling plays at Rutgers, but even though he does have, you know, DC experience, as we pointed out. But, you know, it's tough to tell out there because Shiano's a defensive guy, and I think he's got a heavy you know, input on what's happening there defensively anyway. So, you know, I, I will say at the initial announcement, I've come around since, but I was a little disappointed only because, and it's all my own fault, uh, Ryan Burns, you know, 247 writer for the Gophers, had had uh, answered a reply on Twitter about, you know, when can we expect a defensive coordinator hire? He said, I'd guess shortly after on January, you know, 7th or 8th, whenever the national championship game was. So my brain instantly flipped to, oh, are we hiring like an uppercomer, like linebacker coach or co-defensive coordinator off like Michigan or, or Wash, you know, two of the teams that were in the natty. So my mind went to like a little bit bigger, like, wow, is he really like going for someone like, you know, big, big, but, um, so that was my only initial disappointment. It was all, you know, this tire made a lot of sense. Looks good on paper. Um, I will say it needs to be a good one. I think, I think this year, I think PJ's feeling the pressure and that's part of the reason he turned to like, not that he knows this guy super well already, um, but he turned to familiarity again and, and running the same system that he's used to. He's from the same tree that Joe Rossi, you know, Shiano were all under. So um, makes a lot of sense why PJ went this way. And it sounds like we're all optimistic and it always makes you feel good as a fan when a, the other team's fan base is, uh, you know, a little bit sad about about losing him as a coach. So, yeah, expecting good things there. Um, special teams coordinator. 
We're not alone. Uh, a lot of Gopher fans were beating the drum to get a new one. And now for the first time in PJ's tenure here at the University of Minnesota, we do. Special teams coordinator Bob Ligashevsky, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, coming over from Syracuse. Syracuse fired their staff this year, so I believe he'd spent the last two years there. He's got 38 years of experience in total, including 15 years at the NFL level. Um, yeah, I don't know, you know, Syracuse special teams, if you just look at statistically looked fine, they got there in the middle, they look pretty average. So that's improvement over what we had. Um, I think it's smart that PJ got somebody with a lot of experience because I think it was clear there wasn't a whole lot of thought into what was actually going on, on that side of the ball. So, you know, I, I don't know how much I can actually speculate on this, just you hope it's better. It's something we're trying new. Uh, you know, I'll let you guys jump in here, but it, it can't be worse. I mean, we were really pretty much at the bottom for most of, uh, you know, the former guy's tenure here. So anything you guys want to add on that? Hit the nail on the head. It, it can't be much worse. And, <laughs> and yeah, a guy with a lot of experience and NFL experience. I mean, just if he can touch or teach some new technique or whatever it is, I don't know anything about kicking or punting, but if he can add one yeah. or 2% of an improvement that's huge yeah uh i mean we've been waiting for this probably since the start of pj flick's career here to be honest special teams has been a non-factor um and and this guy you know in his first year you know there was a kickoff return unit that re- that ranked third nationally 26.1 yards per return and they also one of their guys at syracuse finished second in the ACC and 23rd nationally combined kick return average and ranked top 20 in punt return average. Now I know that's a lot with the athletes, but when you're Minnesota who doesn't really return anything, any sort of schemes or development in the special teams area that can get you some yardage that can get you good field position is good in my book. So very happy with this hire. I'm glad that this is a, this is a change. I am a little confused, though. I know this is maybe veering a little bit. This guy steps down. Um, he's like, you know, Wagner. He's like, you know what? I'm going to resign and step down. Oh, I think that's the polite way to phrase what happened. Well, I yeah, but but here's, the, of course, that's definitely probably what happened. But why now? Like, why Why was the, did this happen just now? I gotcha. We've seen this for years. He should have been gone for now, but now they're like, you know what, man? We'll it's give you the opportunity to kind of step away. Well, I you think know? it's PJ feeling the pressure. If to answer your question, I think PJ's feeling the pressure of I gotta, you know, forget, forget. Even without the new conference alignment schedule getting tougher, like I think this last year to PJ and the athletic director was seen as not good enough with the with the pieces you had. And so I think he's, I mean, your D coordinator left, which makes it tough, but bringing in someone you're familiar with and then also changing the special teams. I feel like PJ's feeling the pressure to put a pretty good product out on the field this year. Um, I mean, completely overhauling your, your QB room. Uh, It just, just signs like stuff like that. I mean, I feel like he's feeling a little bit of heat, not saying he'll be fired. You know, I would be, can't say shocked, but like, I think he's got to do something to show that it's, it's still, working for him otherwise i think he could be in some trouble but um anyway those are the new hires there's it, it's funny because last show we talked about all these portal guys that we got and like 
half of them at least aren't even aren't even still committed to us or, or with the team. So I thought right now we would just kind of do a quick run through. Obviously, we don't know who's going to start. But we'll just do a run through and early projection of what we're working with here. Because like we said, it's a big year for PJ. So let's let's just start on offense. How about I'll walk you guys through this, add in any thoughts you guys got. Okay, so right now, quarterback room. You brought in Max Brosmer out of New Hampshire, right? New Hampshire, I believe. He's yep. clearly your your day one starter. He's got one year of eligibility left. The dude had options, was rated as a four-star in the transfer portal. He's your guy. You can pretty much pencil him in as a starter. Drake Lindsay now, the guy who enrolled early and is on campus now, but just finished high school early. He's your only other scholarship quarterback on the roster with our Fresno State dude uh, decommitting and choosing to play FCS ball. And then you have the walk-on still, Max Shikachansky. Yeah, I don't know if that was pronounced right. But um, so thin there, but you have the guy you wanted for your starter and your future guy right there. So not not terrible. About the spot you were in this past year, at least you thought you were in this past year, but hopefully better results. Um, definitely would like to add somebody from the portal still at the quarterback position. It's going to be tough because usually quarterbacks want to go somewhere they're going to play. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens because it opens back up in spring ball. All right, so those are your quarterbacks. We good with that? Anything you guys want to add there? Yeah, no. Just don't really know what All to right. expect. I guess we never had this many right. faces. Right. Yeah, it's almost kind of like a tan. I know that you know, obviously, uh, uh, Brosmer hasn't been here, but it's kind of like a Tanner to Ethan kind of deal. You know what I mean? You got this seasoned vet that has a lot of experience. It's kind of right. going to finish it off, and then hand the keys over to this up and coming guy that can hopefully take the reins and. Maybe yeah. even a step above by the time he's a, a senior. So I like the situation at the quarterback position. Yeah. Depth a little thin, but I agree with you. All right. Running back, Darius Taylor, pretty much unquestioned number one. I'm going to butcher the names. I'm sorry. It's S I E H. Does Sai Ben Grua, the transfer from Ohio, a lot of experience. He's got two years of eligibility left. I think he'll probably be number two. And then we also got Marcus Major, who's got a one year left out of Oklahoma. Some playing time there, not a lot, but I'm guessing those will be your top three. And then you got Jordan Newbin probably as your uh, Bryce Williams type probably this year as the third down blocking back and getting some carries in there. But um, And then you also have two freshmen coming in in this class at the running back position as well. Um, and I believe at least one of them, if not both, are enrolled early as well. So they could see the field depending on how things go. But I'm guessing, excuse me, I'm guessing PJ would like to uh, keep the red shirt. So... I'm feeling pretty good with with picking up um, two transfer running backs and holding on to them. I know we picked up a couple and they have both dipped, but uh, having these guys on campus now and having them, I, I I'm feeling pretty good about the depth this year. Um, we've had bad injury luck there in the past, but I think I think this looks pretty solid. Um, receiver room. So we lose Corey Crooms. You lose, you know. Uh, Ottman Bell, even though we didn't have him a ton this year, but you got Daniel Jackson, who's probably your unquestioned, he is your unquestioned number one. Lemecki Brockington's back. Elijah Spencer's back. Uh, you brought in transfers. Christian Driver, son of Donald Driver, the Packers receiver. He's out of Penn State. You have Jalen Varner, who was a Division II receiver who put up massive yards. You brought him in. And then you still have the young guys, uh, uh, Lanier, who got to play in the bowl game, uh, who was a freshman, a redshirt freshman that PJ really liked and said he earned bowl reps. And then you still have Kristen Hoskins, who PJ said, I believe a year and a half ago now, or last spring ball, 
was the most explosive player with the ball in his hand. So I would love to see him get out there in some capacity. Um, you know, that's six deep right there. So if you can keep them all on the roster through spring ball and no one enters the portal, there's some maybe unprovenness there, but I feel pretty good about that receiver room. Anything you guys want to add there? You guys feel pretty good about that? Yeah, I like the depth. It'll be interesting yeah. to see if, if Spencer can kind of hold on to that third spot or if either of these transfers will right. kind of take it over. Well, it'd be, it'd be great to uh, have them established because I, I don't know the actual physical, like the like height and weight of these other transfer guys, but, you know, Elijah's built like an outside guy. So if he was able to establish himself, you know, you have Jackson and Elijah on the outside and then Lamecki working the slot probably or moving Jackson into the slot at times as well um, and having Spencer take the, the X routes, I think that would be really big. So that'd be yeah. nice to see. There's a guy, I think he's uh, um, he signed with the Gophers. His name's Dallas Sims. I mean, he's 6'2", 195. Hopefully, eventually, he's going to be one of the top guys. Um, he caught 24 passes for 429 for pa- and four touchdowns as a junior. And then as a senior this past year, 430 yards, 24 receptions, three touchdowns. Three-star recruit. Hopefully, one day, he'll, he'll yeah. make it happen. Um a lot of athletes, it seems like, in the receiving side of the ball. So I'm just hoping that we kind of spread the love a little bit. Yeah. Um, not be so one dimensional. We'll kind of see what happens. Yeah. And I believe Nick Callerup's back. So he'll probably be your main blocking yeah. starting tight end. I like, I know we don't throw him to him a lot and he's more of the blocking guy, but still got Jameson Greers who, or Gears who they've been um, excited about. Um, I'm guessing those would be your top two. And then they got some other guys on the roster here. I don't know how much they'll play. I'm, more, I usually don't get super hyped about tight ends because I feel like they always hype them up and, you know, we don't always get the most out of them, it seems like. But the two freshmen they brought in, the one out of Indiana and the one out of Iowa, they're getting talked about really highly uh, or were getting talked about really highly by, like, the 247 recruiting guys, like, outside of Burns and just the Minnesota people as just being tremendous athletes in general. So if those guys could just sit a year and develop and just become, like, actual receiving threats again from the tight end position that would be phenomenal so i am excited about the young guys that we have coming in that group and i think there's enough veteran experience there to at least do what we're going to do i'm sure we're still going to be mainly runs you know run heavy and so i trust uh caller up and, and gears to uh take over that role and plus we i think i'm more comfortable saying that now that it's like we just experienced basically having no tight end receiving threat in and span for not as you know well i don't know whose fault it was but it, it wasn't used we have a new tight ends coach that's the other one we hired a offensive analysis i don't have his name here but he's the new tight ends coach um so clearly they weren't happy with the guy and what he was doing with span in his final year which is a bummer because uh clearly i don't think it was a talent issue so and we don't either but um Anyway, I feel really good about the quarterback and the actual weapons part of this. Shifting to the offensive line. You got Ursley back at left tackle. You have Cooper back at guard, who was probably your best guard when healthy last year. Center is who you lost. Um, I'm not sure who they're going to put in there, but he's your only... That's the only spot you don't have Phil. Like, can can Greg Johnson bump over? That's what like, I've been seeing that they're probably going to do. Since he has okay. experience on the interior side of the line, and he's so young that they're like, why right. not just slide yeah. him in? So I think that makes a lot of sense. And then you let you allow Martez Lewis to stay at right guard where he was playing towards the end of the year. And then you have one more year of uh, Quinn Carroll uh, at the, out there at the right tackle. So, yeah, you lost your center, and it's 
not always the easiest spot to replace, but you're bringing back five guys who played a lot of football last year at the same time. So, and tackles with a lot of ex- playing experience and Cooper with a lot of experience. So that that's promising to me. And they have being that these guys are as old as they are, you have a lot of depth behind them and guys that they like behind them too. I mean, um, the Roy kid that they brought in this past recruiting class, he's like the fifth highest recruit ever, fifth highest rated recruit ever in Minnesota history. And he's got, you know, potential to play earlier on his career. I don't know if it'll be this year, but that's encouraging. We got Carol's brother, I believe too, didn't we? I think we got Carol's brother. Maybe they're not related. We have another Carol. I thought they were related, but he committed in this class as well. So, um, the depth is there for the future and I, I like where it's at right now. So offense is looking good. Um, and I want to talk about this for a second, just because you're bringing so much back if you're PJ on the offensive side, as far as your weapons go and your O line, you basically declared that it was a quarterback issue by, I mean, it's a brand new quarterback room. You're sticking with your same offensive coordinators, both of them. And uh, yeah, I just think, I think we're going to find out a lot. And I think if it fails again, especially now that Ethan's at Rutgers and if he develops at all and like looks pretty good there at all, I think it puts immense pressure that PJ missed again in a, in a coordinator hire and that the offense is going to have issues. But like the nice thing for the Gophers with Ethan at Rutgers, I tweeted this out at the time, you get to find out. I think it lets you find out the full story on, okay, can our coaches really not develop? these guys, you know, because it was Shiraki here before where we had the great 2019 offense and yada, yada, yada. Now with Ethan moving on to another Power 5 school with Shiraka and you moving on and bringing in Eile Tauta transfer quarterback, you kind of get, I want to say the best of both worlds, but you get to find out here what uh, what the issue was of this past year and why nothing really worked out the way you were hoping for. Anything else you guys had on that? I feel like I'm talking at you guys a lot. <laughs> No, that's a good point because yeah, all the other variables stay the same. You have a strong offensive line, which I to kind of go back to the offensive line for a second. I don't know why I thought we were losing more guys, and I was looking Me at the depth chart, and it was like, no him, no him. Like this is great, this is awesome. Why, why was yeah, I so worried I, about it? Well, because the guards were all ex- inexperienced but yeah. older guys, and I in my head, I think I think I forgot about the extra year of eligibility or something. <laughs> right, but yeah, yeah I, I was in the same boat. I thought they were all. They were all gone, but yeah. yeah. And with that said, I expect, and you know, with the return of Darius Taylor and numerous other backs that seem pretty athletic, I don't think that the running game will drop off at all. In fact, I think it'll be even better than it was before. And that's great because it starts up front. Um, I think ultimately this offense is going to be okay. You know, assuming we can spread the ball out a little bit from running the ball to passing the ball, and it'll be really telling, like you said, Kurt, if it's a coaching thing or if it was just kind of a situational thing last year. Um, I think we'll have to see it, you know, internally with the, you know, who we have, you know, at quarterback and receivers and what Ethan's doing over at Rutgers. So uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see how everything unfolds. Yeah. My question about the offensive coordinator is, you know, like you said, if we see that Brosmer has potential and is talented and it just doesn't pan out for whatever reason, and it becomes clear that it is a coaching or coordinator issue, would you want PJ to pull the, prog- the, pull the plug right away and look to a new offensive coordinator? Or would you rather wait because now that we have Lindsay, you know, would you want 
you don't want him to lose the coaches and the coordinators that he was recruited right. to come play for. It kind of puts you in a weird spot there. Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think if you come out and have zero passing offense again this year, you got to move on because he's had two yeah. quarterbacks to work with, um, two guys that both had a lot of potential or and or talent. Um, I know he didn't develop this current quarterback that we have, Brosmer, but uh, yeah, you got to move on. I mean, you can give him the season because you're not going to find anyone to come in midseason, but yeah, you, you got to move on and just hope that you can recruit Lindsay to stay because, and if you're PJ, you have to, because you can't, you're not going to survive keeping him and just rolling this out right. here. Like it's one thing to be Iowa with Iowa's offense, but, but have Kirk Ferentz's wins. Like, yeah, he's going to get to do whatever he wants. Like it take us all the, pretty much all the time he needs. PJ doesn't have that luxury. Like PJ doesn't win the games he's supposed to, sorry. He doesn't win as many games as he's supposed to win. Like Ferentz does, or, you know, it just doesn't have the track record. Like, no one wins as much as parents, for the most part, that's at I mean, these levels. Look at it last that's, year. Yeah. That dude was winning by on an average of four points every game in a right. sloppy West. He still won and made it to the Big Ten West Championship. Yeah. I mean, right. he wins I, ball games. Right. I wasn't trying to make it as, sound as much of a slight of PJ, but he doesn't have as much flexibility as parents to, to, to wait. So, yeah, I think yeah. you absolutely have to move on if it if it doesn't work this year. I don't know if you want to add anything else, Spencer. Yeah, I think you have to. But, you know, like you said, Kurt, definitely for PJ's sake. I mean, if he, they're not doing anything, you have to move on. But let's, like, get something going. Like, let's not be one-dimensional. You know, I think if you want to really keep your job, you know, if running the football is working every time, great. Go ahead and pound it. Do whatever you got to do. But in these bigger games, every game this year, frankly, is going to be a big game. You're playing, you know, a much a much tougher schedule this year, I think, you know, with all these yeah. these teams that are coming in. Um, throw the ball on a first down. It doesn't need to be a Hail Mary play, but get a slant going. Second and, you yeah. know, a second down after a run. Throw the ball. Let's just get some some more in there, you know. It gets a little more diverse in the play yeah. calling. And you know what? If the play doesn't work because of the talent you have, that's a that's just whatever, you know. You can't do anything you. about that. It is yeah. still it is still on you, but let's at least see you fail because of what you thought was going to work, not right. just not showing anything because I mean we you're too scared. Yeah, you know? we really got one look at the new offense that we were supposed yeah. to have last year in the Nebraska <laughs> game. We won, and then we never saw it again. We never <laughs> saw it again. It 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 yeah. disappeared for no reason either. It disappeared. Well, that's what I feel like. It's not. It, I don't know. It, it could be, but I feel like it's less about like it didn't work. It was more just PJ didn't trust it. Yeah. He got too scared by throwing it 40 times. Yeah. He's got to change I, his best. And, yeah. Think. I just think with how we played offense, you know, I know the old line kind of was a, a subject of a lot of outside of quarterback. Like, I feel like the old line caught a lot of criticism, but like when you're going run, run, pass all game, like, that's so hard for the O line to like consistently move loaded boxes. Like I felt like everyone knew what we were gonna do the whole. So I don't know. I I, I didn't think the O line yeah. was as bad as some people. I guess that no. I just kind of see it online. So, but you know, it, yeah, we we'll talk. You know what? We'll save that. We'll save that as an episode. That'll be one of our episodes this off season. We're gonna try and do them at least every two weeks here for you guys. Um, I want to do just like <laughs> easier said than done, but like fan made like 
fan fixes for the offense, just simple things that you could mix in more often that would help, uh, you know, as a fan, at least how we feel about it. But anyway, that'll be a later later episode. Let's, uh, let's transition just to the defense really quick because I just want to point out how many people we brought back. Like, there's a lot of room. There's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about this team. Your one side of your defensive defensive ends, Jaw Joyner, Jalen Logan Redding, both back. Both great players. Huge. Both get rotated in. Um, on the opposite side of them, you got your rush ends. You got Danny Strigo. Um, I don't have it now. Does anyone have the transfer end we brought in? Transfer D lineman. Oh, wait. He ended uh, up decommitting, well, didn't he? I was going to say, there was one that decommitted, but yeah, I, think he decommitted. I don't think we have any other commits, but I know we've offered a couple more D linemen. Okay. Too. Yeah, I'm sure it'll all be different. Yeah, (laughs) the Chan Hassan guy, Sam Macy. Yeah, he's he's a freshman. Yeah, yeah, he's a freshman. I don't know. I don't know how he'll do, but yeah, I should have had the transfers in front of me. That's that's my mistake, fellas. Anyway, but three of three DNs at least right there, and I know there's another guy here. While you guys are talking, I'll find it. But let's move to the inside. Kyler Bob is like one guy you lose on the inside. Um, you still got Luther McCoy there. You still got Devon Eastern in there. Darnell Jeffries sounds like he's coming back for another year. I believe he's getting a medical red shirt. It sounds like, or at least hope they, they assume he'll get one. So three stellar guys back in the middle. Um, and then you have some young guys as well that are, that are ready to go that, uh, we have not seen yet. Um, that red shirt this past year that they were high on. So, I feel pretty good about the starters there. The depth is going to be, you know, like always, the depth is a tough thing with with the with the D line at this. You know, when you're not Ohio State at Georgia or whatever, and don't just reload every year when you lose guys, it, it's tough to establish the depth. Um, but overall, I feel like the D line. You know, when your top four guys are out there, it should probably be about as good as as it uh as it was last year i feel like i don't know if you guys feel differently than that than that statement kyler ball was a good player and it'll hurt not having him but hopefully jeffries can kind of step in and fill that void a little bit yeah i think it'll be great this defensive line was the best i've seen probably in the pj fleck era i think um it was it was pretty awesome and returning this um, this many guys you know, although under a different defensive coordinator helm, um, I think it'll be really nice to see. And, hey, who knows? Maybe we'll be a little more aggressive. Maybe this guy, yeah. you know, will Heatherman, Heatherman, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe he'll like to blitz a lot more. Maybe he'll take a more risk. Um, that'd be something I'd love to see. So, anyway, I, I, I'm really looking forward to see what this defensive line has, especially with the experience that they have. Theron Randall and uh, Martin Ousu were the two up uh, guys we have not. Seen. I was trying to think of that were in the defensive interior, but where they come from? Do you do you know? Do you have that? Ousu, I believe, is from Minnesota. I think he's from like he's from like Eastridge or Woodbury. No, okay. that was Eastern, I think. But anyway, he's from Minnesota. Um, I think it's I think he'll be a redshirt sophomore. I think now, but yeah, he he was a big he was like a borderline four star guy when he committed to us, I believe. So. Um, nice. Yeah, no, I they should be okay there. Linebacker, they haven't brought in anybody, I believe, as far as biggest worry. Linebacker, mine too, because yeah. we saw what it was. You know, a healthy, hopefully a full year of a healthy Cody Lindenberg will help. But I mean, linebackers are in a lot of physical play, so you know we'll see there. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be Lindenberg and uh, 
uh, Devin Williams, right? Is it Devin Williams? Yeah. 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 Yep. I'm guessing those will be your two when there's a two out there. And then with, uh, you know, Maverick getting rotated in there as well. I actually liked what we saw out of him a lot. Um, I mean, he was just getting his feet wet out there, but he would go out and hit guys. So um, he showed some physicality that we didn't really have out there at all times. So having those three is solid. Um, it's just. But that's it. Yeah. Like, and then the two walk-on guys that got some experience this year. So. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. And the one commit left for uh, Michigan State with Rossi. But we did keep the Minnesota kid who some had rated higher anyway. And uh, that dude loves football. PJ says that's all he said about him. He'd make snowmen shirtless and tackle him in his yard. I believe that's a story told for the young man. I don't remember his name, but he's a true freshman here. So I would say we probably wouldn't see him. But given what just happened this past year, who knows? He might be out there week one against North Carolina because we have 50 injuries again on the defense. So linebacker gets a little thin for me, but you know, you got, you got Wally. Now he's your one corner. You brought in the transfer from, uh, was it Bucknell? Who's this guy? Where's this guy from again? Yeah. Robinson. Yeah. Bucknell transfer. Yeah. Ethan Robinson got a lot of experience on the outside. He had some nice offers as well. So I'm guessing you can pencil those two as prob your probable starters on the outside you still got um, Tyreek Watson and Saquon Bryan to mix in there as well behind those guys. And we brought in that transfer from TCU as well, who's got some experience, mainly special teams, but he's played some corner and some safety as well. So another versatile guy to mix in there. So I, I think the corner spot I feel pretty good about, especially because I liked what I saw to the, the young freshmen when they got in. Um, safety, you're losing Newbin. That's tough to replace. But with that being said, you still have Bryson Coleman, who didn't have the, you know, necessarily the best year, but got a lot of experience. You got uh, uh, Darius Green, who's got a lot of experience now, and Aiden Gooseby, who they were super high on. So those three, with the addition of Koi Perich, 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 I think it's Perich. anyway Perich, who just won, by the way, the uh, whatever All American Bowl MVP on on uh, NBC. But anyway, so. Him mixing, I don't know if he'll get in right away, but you have a lot of guys who have been here for a long time that the Rossi was and PJ still is excited about the talent that these guys have. You retained your your D-backs coach, so I'm hoping he can get them you know, in line. We had a lot of blown coverages over the top, even with Newbin. So I'm um, not saying it can't get worse. It definitely can, but I feel okay. Safety, you know, we'll see. They, they've been here long enough where I feel like they should be capable starters in the big 10 for for the talent that they you know were rated at and what they've shown i feel like we'll be okay there oh and don't don't forget nickel jack henderson's back and i believe craig mcdonald's back as well he's got another year of eligibility and i didn't see him i didn't see anything say he was leaving so i'm assuming he's still there but um i didn't know henderson was back that's yes i mean yep, getting our jack leading tackler back that's nice to learn right now <laughs> yeah no i that's those are all yeah, okay. those are all solid Better. dudes. So you got guys to work with is what I'm trying to say here. And yeah, um, yeah, I just think, you know, the landscape's changing, and I know a lot of fans get excited about that, rightfully so, or nervous, also rightfully so. But I just think that this year, given what PJ just put out and the changes he's made, I think regardless of what's happening college football landscape-wise, that this is this is huge just for the reasons we laid out, just of who they got coming back the two new coordinators and you got to win. I mean, you got to probably win still 
six games to not be embarrassed and seven games to kind of be able to be like, all right, won seven games in the new Big Ten. You know what I mean? And that's a tough schedule. Like, you're starting off with, with North Carolina next year. And, uh, I mean, we can get all into all that later. That's not for this pod. But, yeah, early record predictions. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah. Anyway, so that's where we stand, folks. I just wanted to give you a quick layout of the roster. We covered the new coordinators. We're going to be back to putting out more content more consistently. We are brought to you by Big Banner. And, yeah, send us ideas of what you want to talk about because I could talk about anything go for football with these guys. I know these guys could. And um, we just don't always know if it's what everyone else wants to hear. So if you have any ideas, let us know. I do like that one of what changes we would like to see or fixes we would implement into the offense. I think we'll probably do that next episode. And, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. Please, I meant to do this at the start, leave a five-star review if you haven't on Apple or Spotify, whatever you listen to us. It helps with the algorithm. Go ahead and leave us a comment. You can tell me I look ugly. That's that's cool. Um, also, check us out on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. Comment on that. Tell us you didn't like what we said. You don't like the sound of our voices. Tell us you know better. We like those, too. And uh, check us out on Twitter or X at SkyUPod and um, SkyUPod1. SkyUPod1. At SkyUPod1. And, uh, yeah, feel free to check out Big Banner Sports. And we will see you next time, fellas. Peace out.